Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual Healing. Okay, so Lori Lightfoot, uh, she's a, f- a former assistant U.S. attorney, has become the first African-American female lesbian mayor of Chicago. Yeah. Uh, which is very exciting. <laughs> no, it is. It, when, I, when I heard this news, I mean, the fact that the primary was between um, two African-American women was so historic. Chicago has only had one African-American mayor before this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the past however many years you had, um, oh, God, what's his name? Blagojevich. Uh, not not Blagojevich. Uh, you had Rahm, Rahm Emanuel. Emanuel. But then before Rahm Emanuel, you had the guy who's the son of the daily daily thank you um you had him for like 20 so much smarter than alan yeah (laughs) and i lived there um you had him for 20 years and so for years it just felt like this was just sort of a white political machine because even the first african-american mayor robinson i think his name was um racist uh, he no but he died in office he had a heart attack in office so it was it was real sad because it was seen as sort of you know this big change that was coming to chicago and then he died and it just it was how many how how long in that was uh, i think three years into his term okay i think i could be wrong on that but um so the city has really been struggling and the city is so diverse it is a black city it is a city defined by african-american culture how dare you no it is and so the fact that this woman is now the mayor of Chicago and that she's lesbian to boot, which is really Huge. exciting. I mean, that's really awesome. I mean, we haven't, we've only seen that um, gay mayors, I mean, there, there, there are gay governors and there are bi governors and there are gay U.S. senators. But the fact that like a city, a city electing a mayor, it's 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 almost more intimate than a U.S. senator you know, getting elected. It feels elected. very New York almost in the yeah. sense that like. Obviously, Bill de Blasio is a, you know, straight white guy, but, like, his wife was, like, is a black lesbian, or I guess she's bisexual. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was, like, such a—it felt like such an emblematic move to— Well, I mean, so was that election. Uh, A very powerful lesbian ran against him for mayor, Christine Quinn. So, like, it was, you know— People hated her. She was openly gay, and people just hated her because she was, like— Well, she was a bit of a corrupt politician. Monster. (laughs) I mean, with that said, I mean, what was it— Houston elected uh, Anise yes. Parker, who is uh, a lesbian, as their mayor. That was the first major city to elect yeah. a gay mayor. When was that? Uh, early aughts. Not, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, something yeah. like 20, I would guess 2009, something like that. Yeah. And would you like to know the uh, the American city that first, first elected a lesbian mayor? What? I'm going to guess Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ann Arbor, Michigan, <laughs> you sons of bitches. Well, Very also, progressive Midwestern uh, town. Now, where did Lori Lightfoot go to school? Believe it or not. <laughs> now, I, I know this This won't come as a shock to anyone when, uh, when, you, when you hear the word prestigious. It is mm. often compared with University of Michigan. Ah, uh, yes, of course. So Lori Lightfoot is a graduate of University of Michigan, yeah. alongside the Unabomber. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, that's right. That, we have we have Gerald Ford and the Unabomber. As what about wow. all those Broadway kids? Those Broadway people. They come from Michigan, right? Michigan does have a good musical theater David program. David Hull. Oh, I had Jake a friend Wilson, who went to that musical Sass theater. Goldberg. Yeah. I don't know any of these. Wow. 
I just no, don't. Yeah. The but the the big issue we in can rag this, on Broadway some other time. <laughs> the big issue in the Chicago mayor's election, which surprisingly had very little to do with her sexuality, which is incredible to note that her sexuality was kind of small in the scheme of what she was running on. Right. When in reality, police sort of. Brutal. I don't know if I call it brutality, violence. but the violence in Chicago enormous. Is, is enormous, and it's it's not as enormous as Trump wants to make it out to be. Right. Um. But it is bad, and that was one of the primary issues of the campaign. Yeah. Uh, so she ran as an uh, sort of an outsider with a vow to combat political corruption. She never held political office. She never held pol- political office. She had previously served on the Chicago Police Board, which oversees officer discipline. Yeah. What about her her opponent? Was did she hold office? Tor- yeah. Tony Preckwinkle? Yes. Yeah, she was, uh, I think, a city councilwoman. So and I think she made up her last name. Preckwinkle. <laughs> that does sound And Chance the Rapper, false. a famous Chicagoan, had endorsed her because she uh, campaigned to— Thank you. She, she campaigned to um, sort of tackle the police— problem in Chicago. And Lightfoot, being a former U.S. attorney, was seen as sort of maybe being a little bit light on police issues. Mm, Um, Uh, Over her record of police accountability, some people were skeptical, which just goes to show, I mean, Chance Chance the Rapper is obviously very popular. So I'm a big one. He's so fucking cute. But I'm a big one on like, I just don't believe endorsements matter anymore. I don't think they do. I don't think they matter. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I do. I think they do matter in local elections in a way that they don't necessarily matter in larger elections, only because you have, I mean, you know, all politics is local. And if the, in my hometown, for example, the mm. biggest grocery store owner in my small hometown, Kirkwood, Missouri, ran for city council and whatever he endorsed, whatever he liked, everyone voted for. It was a thing. Sure. And so... Even though Chicago is not a small town, Chance the Rapper donates donated a million dollars to the school system in Chicago was a big is a big component a proponent of you know changing the police system in Chicago. He's a big big vocal um, critic activist of, activist and, yeah, in yeah, Chicago, yeah. and so I think what he says does actually matter for certain communities in Chicago, and they do vote in ways that he. I think it didn't work this time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying what he says doesn't matter, but I just think. I just think political endorsements were a bigger deal when everyone read the same newspapers. Yeah, it doesn't I, yeah. feel it just doesn't feel as monolithic like, anymore. You know, five thirty eight is keeping track of all the endorsements that everyone is getting mm-hmm. in the you know the run up to twenty twenty, and I just don't. Well, even with I'm Cynthia Nixon, surprised. I mean, in New York, it was like yeah. there was such a huge groundswell of like support. She ran among, for governor last for year. For governor yeah. and like so many celebrities and so mm-hmm. many um, people in the queer sector, I guess, you know, really championed her and she just, she didn't, you know, she didn't make yeah, it. Yeah, but I, again, I think sh- uh, a local Chicago election and a New York state election are two very, very different types of elections. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the turnout for votes in a local mayor election is very different from a turnout out in a statewide governor's election. So like it's it's so to me what's so fascinating about politics is that you know, we we often only associate political campaigns with national campaigns or statewide campaigns. That's what that's what our politics is. Mm-hmm. But really politics is local. It is the mayors that you elect, city council people that you elect. And that's why this is so exciting that Chicagoans locally said, we want this lesbian black woman to be the leader of our city and to try to fix some of the corruption that we've had under Rahm Emanuel and Daley. Mm. And entrusting that to her, that's a a tall order for a city to vote overwhelmingly. I think she got like 70-some percent. 73%. Um, And that's a tall order for her to take on. And then 
can she live up to it? Well, then the question always is, I mean, for queer people, like, how much does that matter? How much did it matter? How much did it play into it? But also, like, will that impact her governing? Will it, you know, will it impact her, I guess, policies? About, yeah, as like, you know, as a gay woman, like, yeah, can we... Can we uh, um, err on the side of of assuming that that will obviously bleed over into what she, you know, what her policies are in government? I would imagine that in Chicago, I mean, they probably had relatively, you know, liberal policies when it comes to LGBT issues. Well, I mean, I, I, yes, they do. But they also have, I mean, Daly was sort of, he, he skewed fairly moderate in terms of the needle exchange program, in terms of, you know, lots of HIV AIDS policies. And... There and he wasn't necessarily a friend of the LGBT. Now Rahm Emanuel was a little bit different. He was a little bit more liberral, and the city has become. You love more liberal. him, Rahm Emanuel. Yeah, not really. Sexually, no, I don't. <laughs> I thought you used to think I, he was really I, hot. I, I, used to, no. I thought he was oh, really that's good. Brand. I'm yeah, sorry. he has that weird thing, missing finger that freaks me mm. out. Is he missing a finger? Yeah, he has. A, his fingers are like this. How do you lose a finger not in a like a farming accident? He was doing Tech? ballet stuff, right? What? I don't know. Yeah, he was a ballet. He's like a trained ballet artist. Oh yeah, I really wonder. What... He's short and fit, which is Very why fit, I find yeah. him. I wonder what Lori Lightfoot Appealing. would or will or has said about the Jesse Smollett case. She, I think she did actually say something right after I, she got elected. I didn't elected. read that. I don't, that I don't remember the specifics. It but happened along the same week. I think yeah. she wanted yeah. to revisit the prosecutor's office kind of letting him well, out. Well, the city's the hook. suing him now. Right. Yeah. So to try to get back I don't know the money she, they spent. Yeah, I don't, yeah, as they should. But it's interesting. Uh-huh. I mean, I really hope she does well. It's it's a, To me, it's scary when she won that big of a you know election because yeah. I'm like, can anybody live up to that? Sure. And there's a lot of eyes on her now because she is this sort of, you know, no, she, nothing like her has ever been seen in Chicago politics. And, and Chicago politics is an old boys club type city. Very corrupt. And so the fact that she is representing that now is uh, kind of, it's awesome, but it's also really frightening. Um, well, let's wish her the best of luck. Yeah, and we'll actually, as a podcast, we'll be checking in with her. Yeah, I, I've been her DMing can, her. And, She's uh, been sending me stuff. For real? Checking in. No. Oh. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. checking in once a week. You're from the Midwest. I thought maybe she... Yeah, I can't wait to go back to Chicago, though. I just, you know, I, I just hope that she brings some sort of, like, sapphic flair to the city. She does seem like someone who would, like, be Wait, real excited sapphic? about a Laura Lenny movie. Sapphic is, like, le- lesbian. Like, sure. Sapphic. Le- she, she's, she seems like someone who, like, reads a lot and gets real excited about a Laura Lenny movie. That's great. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, like, yeah. she yeah. seems like... I think, that's, I think that's Elliot's dream. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all, all Elliot wants in, in, like, a future life partner is someone... I want, I want uh, Chicago to, like, revamp the Lilith Fair with her at the helm. <laughs> She's like she welcomes Michelle Nadejiacello to Chicago for the first time in yes! God knows how long. Not even joking. Hi Mo Welch. Hello. How are you? I'm hey Mo. Great. Hey Mo. Great. Hi. You're a comedian. Yep. An illustrator. <laughs> That's it. Okay, <laughs> bye. You're a comedian. No, you're a comedian mm. and an author. And an illustrator with a book out. Yeah, you just released oh a book. Yeah. Congratulations. It sounds so crazy for someone to call me an author because I feel author. like I drew this book. Right, because you know it's all I mean? drawings. It's drawings. Right. Yeah. I've always thought of doing a book tour would be really fun because you yeah. don't have to be directly funny, but you can still be. Because, you know, like I feel totally. like with a book tour, eh, like they're not expecting you to be hilarious, but you're hilarious. So you just destroy. Right. 
And then unless the audience is, a, you know, a, <laughs> that's what a, I'm afraid of. Right. Whatever. A literate, a literary, like intellectual crowd intellectual. where they don't laugh at humor. Yeah. Right. They're too good for it. <laughs> they're too good. It's the NPR they're, crowd. Yeah. They're like, they're like, she's OK. She's no Diane Rain. <laughs> <laughs> well, so congrats. The book is called How to Die Alone, The Foolproof Guide to Not Helping Yourself. Yes. And it's so all exciting. drawn in the yeah. character of Blair. Uh-huh. Now, you did you start you started Blair on Instagram. Right. Like, under your own handle? Yeah. On a whim? It's still under my own handle, too, because I'm afraid to change it. Correct. Because right. Because yeah. right. someone wrote about it in Huffington Post five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, someone might see that article and, and click it. You got to have that Google SEO. <laughs> yeah. You know, quick side note. that is, It's kind of crazy that, like, sometimes people change their handles. And then, mm-hmm. so when someone's linked to them in the past, you can't find them. Mm. And it's kind of, if you're trying to, quote, get a following it's kind of crazy to change your handle mm. yeah. you just stick with it you know yeah. anyway sorry can you, you do go- that though yeah you can change your handle yeah you can change your handle i oh. could change it but i don't want to give up my name either yeah yeah, yeah. you've got a good name yeah there's yeah. a guy named marshall welch who will take it because he <laughs> yes. took my twitter name oh fuck oh, marshall no. fuck marshall fuck that guy well yeah. can you tell us a little bit yeah. about blair yeah blair is well, I started it almost five years ago, and it was—I mean, Blair is me, but I didn't want to name the character after myself because, <laughs> right. like, because there are already people like where my mom would be like, "I saw that Blair. Are you okay?" Yeah, <laughs> you know. And so, um, yeah, so I started it because I was so depressed, and like, I just got dumped by a couple of people, and <laughs> multiple people, <laughs> multiple people. On it the was same just day. like it was crazy. I don't. It, maybe it was like a rock bottom. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to think about it now, but like. Uh, yeah, I started it and I started to draw it every single day. Right. And I was like, no expectations. I'm just going to draw this like crude character, add a joke. Yeah. Because, you know, my stand up career wasn't going very well. <laughs> Still not, but, you know, I'm like, what else can I try? Yeah. Were you always an artist? So, Did you so always funny. do like doodles and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And I, in college, I was a, a cartoonist as well. Oh, cool. And I'm like, I was obsessed with the funny pages growing up. Mm. And I can't draw like, I can't really draw. I've never taken an art class. Mm. Like, I can't draw the human figure. But, but I feel like it's like more about the humor and yeah. the, the mm-hmm. you know people people have responded to it obviously in such a way that it's it's a book now it's it's so funny uh it's also funny that you reference the humor pages because when i look at the humor pages now so obviously all of your uh f- feed is on instagram when i look at the humor pages now it i do think it is largely so disconnected yeah. oh very much yeah. really yeah. time capsule <laughs> and it's not like a, funny and no so, so not funny I, I know i'm not the I, first one to say that but like right. it's just like it used to so be political but also tongue-in-cheek and some like, of them were political well but not directly political but there was like they would address sort of things happening in the culture in really subtle ways and you don't see that as much anymore yeah the new yorker comics still like still some of them will get to me where i'm like hmm that's good yeah and that's like the most that you can get from a comic yes have you ever laughed "Hmm." out loud no No, absolutely i swear to god most of most of the time it's like it'll be like a a person it's like well i guess i gotta go to work but i'd rather not that's not a joke that's not a joke for me I always loved the Lockhorns it was like an ornery angry old couple that hated each other uh, but I loved we their... need more of that yes yeah. we need more of that we need more of the heteronormative like marriage hatred yeah. Prop, uh, yeah. pro, uh, content but I loved the draw- the way that that artist drew it was mm-hmm. all like 
angular, like it was all angular lines, almost like patterns. Right. And yet it was about like literally a, a man who was like, my, my, she's a bitch, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, he's right. like ball oh, and chain. God, I love yeah. it. Such a sh- I wish I could draw. The only thing I can draw is I can make um, out of the word boy, I can draw a face of a boy like using the letters. Oh, okay. That's like cool. Very can, specific. That's all I can yeah. draw I'm in su- a very specific way. I'm surprised you can. If you gave me a pen, I could not do what you just described. It's yeah. really easy because you have the two eyes. I know, the like, the, the whale. Like, did you do that in art class in, like, seventh what? grade when you would, like, get a word and then you'd have to make it look like the, oh no! The object because huh. that sounds like what you. Were My mom taught me that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's that's how hmm. I learned it. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. Well, um, so Blair is described on a website that I don't remember where I found, but Blair is described as a younger, less anxious version of Kathy or an older, greasier version of <laughs> <Yeah>. Daria. <laughs> yeah. Um, and someone wrote about the book being an irreverent and optimistic look at self-care through the eyes of Blair, an awkward, self-deprecating, totally relatable anti-heroine. Oh, okay. And that, <laughs> does Are that make sense to you? Well, I was like, I thought she was the hero of the story. <laughs> but does that make, does that feel like yeah, a, a, totally. a good encapsulation? Yeah, definitely. And oh. like Kathy, she actually just, I just got her book in the mail today because she's back. Is Kathy, <laughs> Kathy Ge- Guzwi? Yeah, Guzawai? I never know. And I've like looked it up so many times where she used to do like Jay Leno. She used to do oh. panel for oh, talk shows. And she was so funny. Really? Yeah, it's like my dream career is just to like draw comics and Oh my god! Yeah. To be Kathy, wow. she did it Wait, so times. how is she back? Like, is she, does she have? She did like a book of essays. Oh, interesting. Yeah. With Kathy drawings, they have. There's like a drawing on each chapter, but it's not. It's not like her other books that are all comics. Right. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, Kathy's a. Kathy was always a bummer, man. I thought she was a bummer. <laughs> Here, how about how about I read a couple? Yeah. Do you mind if I read oh, a couple? Oh no, go ahead. Uh, so this is for this is on Momo Welch. Yes. In the Instagram. Thank you. <clears throat> it's a picture of basically Mo. And the caption is, heading into the weekend like, don't talk to me or look at me. Yeah. Uh, Man, feel free to cut these and make these a little snappier. I was trying to be... uh... Snappier than me fumbling I was trying to be that cool meme. My, My... my friend just got her PhD, and I just bought my dinner at Seven Eleven. Yeah, it is very Brent too. They have good burritos. Yeah, I follow Brent around and just yeah, take notes. yeah. yeah right. You take notes. Wait, but what is it like? I mean, part of it, what's so great about it is that it is so like open and honest about depression and anxiety and sort of you know your own struggles, but through this character who's right. you, like what? What was it hard to be so honest? And were the people's reactions like? awkward no i mean stand-up sets us all up yeah like mm-hmm. we know how to be honest on stage and i had already been in stand-up for like six or seven years at the point mm-hmm. and so yeah i mean like when you know a place like huffington post or somewhere that like is huge and has an audience that would absolutely hate me when you know <laughs> when they post that the comments are going to be horrible it's just someone be like oh millennials they're always whining they're always bitching and whining and and, you know, it's true. And mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to whine about this. I don't think gender reveal parties are um, something that we should do. And I want to write about it. Sure. Yeah. I think it's problematic yeah. and exactly. hilarious when they set fires yeah. <laughs> to each other. I also, I just love, I don't know, I feel like. It's insane uh, that those exist. The best yeah. part of being, the best part of life is sharing your worst moments. Yeah. I've always thought that on stage and just yes. in person and in interpersonal relationships, which is like every time something, every time something happens, when I say something, I mean sex. Uh, every time I hook up with someone, 
very shortly after, I'm like, I can't wait to share that with mm-hmm. my friends or with someone who has had a similar experience because <laughs> it's like that's that's how you get through these horrible periods and moments and experiences in your life. And so I always like when people can kind of, you know, be vulnerable and share those things. Right. Well, I mean, you know, anytime no one wants to hear when you did well on stage. Like right, they want yeah. to hear yeah. about the time, you know, someone threw a beer bottle at your head. Right. Exactly. You know? Do you? Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I just think it's so like it's 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 relatable in a way and it helps you connect with your audience in a more authentic way. I think that you're sharing these things that, you know, uh, and you're putting it into context, I think, because sometimes like we all can share how shitty our days is and how things go. But like. I think what separates us from other people just being whiny and annoying is that hopefully we take that thing that people connect with and turn it into something that's very specific that they can like draw something from and take inspiration from or maybe even not inspiration but relate to in some yeah, capacity right. or laugh yeah, yeah right. or laugh for like a second and probably laugh that it's not them. Yeah. experiencing that yeah. thing you're talking yeah. about. I've right. heard that. I've heard people be like, sometimes I just think like, well, at least I'm not Blair. Yeah. <laughs> at least my oh life. Yeah. It's like, yeah. that's relating, I guess. Cool. I, I was mean, like, but that's, that's also, based on my life. Yeah, that's also right. kind of nice. I mean, it's like, you know, something you're doing is giving this person some sort of connection that isn't making them feel so horrible. I'll, I'll, right. I'll share. I'll share one. Uh, I went to uh, Burger King recently. I ordered a meal. I thought you hate Burger King. I love Burger King. I ordered a meal, ordered a cup for water, poured a Coke, and got into trouble. <gasps> Rent. <laughs> Wait. Oh, the manager, wow. the manager was like, uh, "That's a water cup." <laughs> and what'd you do? I was so embarrassed that like this 19-year-old was correct. <laughs> that I'm like sitting in a Burger King, eating my cold gray burger, which I still loved. And I was just like, I can't believe this happened oh, to me. I, didn't, I, didn't even, I wasn't it. even uh, saving the. I didn't. It wasn't that I wanted to save the dollar. I just didn't want to give. I didn't want to get a coke. I just wanted a little bit of coke. Right. You know. Did you tell him that? I, <laughs> did. Like, I, ju- I just I, wanted a he little. He took the cup. And brought me <gasps> he took one. the cup. Yeah. Again, shit job loyalty. Why are you loyal to a company that pays you nine dollars an hour? But that's besides the He's point. He's going principal. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you so? You identify as a lesbian? Yes. Okay, cool. Like, I just want to make you sure. You whispered it? What if I, was I just like, want to make sure. Um, yeah, I identify as dyke. <laughs> Brent does. Hard I mean, D. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> capital. Out of curiosity, does do you find that a, a like a queer audience um, is drawn to Blair, or is it just a general, across the board just like... I would... I mean, I would think just from the messages that I get yeah. that... It is not queer at all. Yeah. Really? It's like yeah. my mom and her friends. I'm and it's so like, surprised. Yeah, like younger people. I mean, it's just like, it doesn't feel like I don't get any messages like, hey, I'm also queer. It's all like, I relate to this. And it's very much like, this person in my office sent me this. And oh my God. It's, yeah. it's definitely not. Uh, and so it's interesting because then they'll be like, I'll, I'll post a date for stand up. And then people will come out. I think they're no. really surprised what they get. <laughs> really? Cause I'm, yeah, because I'm like, I was going down on this girl, you know, and they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not Blair. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah I always, I mean, it's... the one thing that I always thought about queer audiences is that, like, you know, queer being out in general is being sort of vulnerable in some capacity. Like, it's you revealing something about yourself that isn't societally, like, totally accepted all everywhere in this country. And so like you are in, in a way, queer people have to be vulnerable 
24-7 just by being themselves. And so you would think, like, queer people would respond I don't in some way. I don't get where you, where you guys are coming from. It's just, like, a really funny, self-deprecating cartoon. I don't know why you would think it would be queer-centric. Oh, no, I just mean because because Mo is your oh, right. out and open. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. I thought yeah. maybe yeah. there would be, the, like, a, the fandom a queer faction yeah, yeah, yeah. that would right. you know, be attracted See, to I material. feel like... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I don't know if, like... I feel this way and I don't know what is actually true or this is just how I perceive it. But like I feel like I'm on the outside in a way of like queer, like comedy or like fandom or whatever that is. What's like, that I, like? <laughs> hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I'm on the outside like that stained song. Uh, like, no, I don't yep. feel like I have that. Uh, like I wish I did. But then at the same time, like. I'm like, I don't want anyone getting mad at me because I also feel like if sometimes if the audience is too queer, I'm going to say the wrong thing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I right. Also, I also think. And You're this, talking to three people who can agree with that. <laughs> this is, I think, uh, more male centric than female. But I think in the gay community, self-deprecation is not accepted. Yes. Right. To what Brent is saying, I was I was surprised because I thought that. Um, and this is this shows how prejudiced I am. But I thought that gay women would be more like supportive, and be like, "Yeah, we, you know, we're 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 out here for Mo because no. of Blair." And I just was so ready to like applaud that, right? <laughs> and be so happy and also just jealous of not being able to experience that. But right. what a surprise! I mean, I would. I mean, I hope. I hope so. I mean, I guess I get some. It just seems like that's not the. The bulk of the fans of Blair, which is yeah. fine. Like maybe cool. I'll do something really sure. cool in like the gay world, and then I'll I'll find them and keep them. Yes. those fans. But, <laughs> well, but that's also you know. kind of that's also kind of cool. Like I mean, I know for me at least, like I always struggled being pigeonheld into like a gay corner everywhere I went and everything. And it took like cancer to get me out of that to be able to get other audiences to read my stuff and to get published elsewhere and to not just write for gay places. And so like. It is kind of awesome that you're able to do it and not have to only be the lesbian comedian doing this really cool cartoon. It's you being a really cool artist doing something that's resonating with a lot of different types of people. I think you're pigeonholed because you're wearing a leopard muumuu. I think that's why. But... <laughs> I love my leopard muumuu. And it's a shirt. Matching shoes. And matching shoes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see I actually really like those right. shoes. Yeah. yeah, thank you. They're great. Michael got them, yeah. Where did you, you get them? Uh, probably ASOS. I don't know. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so have, do you find that the lesbian – I think Elliot is always sort of stereotyped the lesbian community is being like uh, – Earthy, accepting, open, earthy, accepting, open, tolerant. And yeah. Is that what you've experienced? Mm. Please say yes. Please say yes. Please say <laughs> like, yes. Like I don't, I don't know because you know like everyone perceives lesbian audiences as being like – Take a couple seconds, see if you're offended. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, right. and I feel like Aaron Foley said that, so I'm not going to take that from her. But like, it's so true. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it is. And like, I mean, I think it's hard because, you know, when I tell a joke on stage, I like to to try to like toe the line a little and then switch it up. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so it can be hard to get that lesbian audience in my corner. See, it's funny though, because I've always, in my experience, I find lesbian audiences are better than gay audiences. I think gay male audiences are, to me, a nightmare. Mm. Well, they're well, yeah, drink, they're doing the two drink minimum. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think when you don't give them what they want, when you don't give them sort of the attitude and the sass that they're looking for, I think they reject you. 
Yeah, I, was I don't okay. do a lot. I don't do a lot of them anymore. But that was my theory in New York when I worked I actually gay shows. can see that with like, yeah, with like gay shows. I could see that. Like if a guy is, yeah, isn't what. Yeah. I will say exactly that. Who are you, you honey? Exactly what you said. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that I, the, my first, the first time I ever did stand up, um, it was in a room where literally it was nothing but like five butch ass lesbians sitting in a semicircle. St- throwing daggers at me, just looking at me with, <laughs> like, just wanted me to fucking die, and so it was painful. I, I yeah. it was a, it was a tough experience, but yeah. I appreciate those. I many, never did many well years later. in gay rooms, lesbian, and you or had, gay but men. you ran a show at a gay and bar, and I ran a show at a gay yeah, bar, that's right? And um, I did it like once. Yeah, yeah, I did actually um, have a good set then in New York, and yeah, in New York mm-hmm. at a bar, Metropolitan Bar in Brooklyn, and but I mean, to, I'm talking about like traditional gay audiences. It's a show. It's like a, you know what I mean, like a gay theme show. Whereas I always thought my show was just at a gay bar. It but was. We had a lot of straight comics, and it was a lot yeah. of. It yeah. was really diverse, and it was. I wanted it to be absolutely. That. Um, but in gay rooms, I always struggled with both gay men and with lesbians. I think because like, I didn't meet the qualifications either side expected of me fully. So like, I wasn't. I just wasn't what lesbians wanted because I was mm-hmm. maybe a little too queeny, but I also wasn't queeny enough for the mm-hmm. gay guys, and I yeah. was in this weird area. But then I would go to straight shows, and I would do well like in mainstream audiences because I think in some way I fit that mold that they didn't know what I was. Unoffensive too. Yeah, 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 I was unoffensive yeah. to the women. I was unoffensive to the men, right. and none of them would give a shit if I fell on the street. Right. So yeah, like yeah. I right. was, they, they were able to laugh at me, and that's not a great statement. But <laughs> well, <laughs> does I mean vulnerability? I mean that plays into Blair a lot. It's a lot yeah. about being vulnerable. Like I wonder how much is that. How much does that factor into you as a comedian? When you're writing it as Blair, it's clearly, in a, in a visual sense, connects with people immediately through Instagram. But on stage, like, what, does vulnerability, how, how much of a different part does that play for you when you're performing on a stage? I mean, they're all, they all come from those thoughts of being vulnerable or, like, feeling depressed about the world or, you know, a friend of mine was like, try to write about... The thing that you would never tell anyone about. Yeah. And I did. And then it became my closer. And I was like, I can't believe I never thought of that. Yeah. To just be like, and then, yeah, and then that thing isn't holding you. Like, I don't have like, oh my God, I don't want anyone to know that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. With with Blair, is there any topic that you won't talk about in your cartoons? Anything you Well, it's kind of interesting. Uncomfortable? She, I mean, like, the thoughts come from me, but like, she is her own character now. It's separate from. Like yeah. Mo Welch, right. the you know stand up. So uh, she's she's like asexual. Like right. she's yeah. not you know she's right. not like she's not a lesbian. She's just like hates everybody. Yeah, <laughs> so she doesn't want to touch anyone. Yeah. And like I want to keep it that way because I just feel like that's that's who she is. And people like coming yeah. to her because they're like, you know, she she thinks everyone is ridiculous. And you know, she might go on a date, but she thinks everyone's trash. So yeah. I'm so curious to see who shows up for your book for your like. Right. Book events. Me too. I have no idea. Are you like, doing a tour? Yeah, I'm doing like six cities, and I'm. I there are cities where I'm like afraid. I'm like, well, maybe nobody will show up. But right. we've all been there. Well, so you're doing San Francisco with Irene too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm dying to know what that audience looks like. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, you can't really. You can't. And that's at a bookstore, yeah. like right. In New York, we're doing the Strand. Okay, and great. then we're and then I'm going to do Union Hall. I'm going to do like a show. That's great. Oh, that's great. So that feels comfortable to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. San Francisco's. I mean, I, I love San Francisco, but like, 
Oh my God! Oh that, for an artist to perform in, it is a hard city. Yeah, yeah. because on top of uh, not just as a comedian, I think in general in many art forms, but like San Francisco is so insular in and yeah. that they have their own locals that they just love so much. So if someone comes from the outside, no matter how fucking well off or famous or anything yeah. you are, you have to work. Yes. To get that like very political. Yeah. liberal audience. Yeah. Like right. I, I, I've never really been accused of racism anywhere outside of San Francisco. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, huh. it's, like, and, and it's the wow. most PC joke and it's just, it's insane. But it's wow. also like, that's I guess what makes the city special. So uh, you'll have fun. Yeah, yeah they sound or annoying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. So, before you go, I also want to ask this. How, like, um, in terms of t- being open about like depression, anxiety, and therapy, in Blair, but also in real life, like when did you decide to be open about that kind of stuff? I mean, I think I mostly just do it through Blair. I don't have a lot of jokes that talk about anxiety or like, and you know, I didn't. I really feel like I was not depressed because I had like. I, I just did not realize what the world was. Yeah. Like I wasn't <laughs> depressed until I started comedy. And at the same time <laughs> I started comedy, I came out. And right. so like all of these things hit me at once. All these horrible things. Yes. Oh my God. Like, like, like women and, yeah. <laughs> and jokes. And, yeah. uh, and so and failure, I was late yeah. to it. I was late to the depression game. Oh my God. Yeah. But I don't like, I mean, I don't go to therapy on a regular basis. Blair does, but um, I'm very late. And that's part of my problem. <laughs> Can I literally tell you that I actually was re- I was going through and Blair has a joke about spending two hundred dollars on therapy once a week, and I was jealous. I was like, <laughs> Mo has a lot of money. She goes to therapy <laughs> once a week. She spent eight two hundred eight hundred dollars a month. Is Blair on, on medication? Um, I don't know. I feel like she would. Be, she's probably too lazy to take medication. Really? Too. Like I feel like she would buy the chewy vitamins and still wouldn't be able. To right. Get yeah. herself to chew them. <laughs> oh yeah. Those God. are the best because it's like having candy every oh, day. Oh, I love it. I they love are a delicious. chewy vitamins. Yeah. You should try the melatonin ones. <laughs> no, I don't need melatonin. <laughs> um, Mo, thank you so much for being here. Oh, um, that's great. Where can people find you and then also find the Blair book? So the book is uh, available for pre-order right now. Great. Wherever you find books is what I'm supposed to say. Um, so and... borders.com? Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to go to B. Dalton. <laughs> Walk into my local mall. I want to pre-order this. <laughs> it, 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 the feed and the book are so fucking funny. Yeah. I love them. And you're doing a tour. I'm having a party. So oh. you can find Mo in your local city. Yes. Toledo. Hopefully. When are you, you, you going to be in Toledo? If you live in the cool city. <laughs> the cool city tour. That I chose. Omaha. <laughs> and where can everybody find you on Instagram? Uh, at Momo Welch. I'll never change it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you, Mo. God, Good luck for with the book. Thanks for talking I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing. So Brent has um, a... Uh, uh, an adage of sorts that <laughs> <laughs> kind of led him through his adult gay life, which is a an adage that makes me sounds like it's an Aesop's fable or something. <laughs> it's not a fa- it's it's a general distrust of gay men in groups. So I I always say, and I I swear to God this is pretty consistent. If uh if I match with someone on Tinder, God forbid Grinder. And I can tell from the social media or from their their Tinder pictures that they have a large, consistent group of gay friends. He and I will not get along. Yeah, why is that? Oh, interesting. I, so I it's don't, not groups in general. It's if they have a large community of friends. I think, to me, I stereotype it as 
uh, I think if they're really keenly plugged into the gay community, we won't connect. Whereas I find that infinitely more often than not, if someone is sort of an outsider, independent minded mm. or separate from the community, then uh, then then we, we get along more and we go on more dates. Now, with that said, that could be self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm not saying yeah, because anyone with gay friends is a bad person. <laughs> you always said <laughs> like, not, like but, you yeah. and I, our friendship, every time we would go out in New York, you would always be like, oh, you had so many friends. People always came up to us while we were out. And it was always just you and I. And, and I didn't like you until about a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. No, I know what you mean. So I, I guess the difference would be. You don't want to fuck me. <laughs> the difference would be. <laughs> Um, Alan, I do want to fuck you. No, the difference would be when it's someone when I when I say a big group of gay friends, I mean a cohesive group that you can tell they see every weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. Brunch, uh, brunch, brunch. It's like fans. a waiting to exhale group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah. go on vacations together. Uh, they call the each other. Not that they have gay friends Squirrels? anywhere. Oh, because of RuPaul. Yeah. No, that too. But I also knew a, a gentleman in New York who he and his friends called themselves the squirrels because they were all small and somewhat hairy. Oh, that's literally like my stupid joke about how I'm a mink. Uh-huh. Which is, what was it? Smooth but weaselly? Weaselly, yeah. Smooth but oh. weaselly. Uh, but yeah, you have a lot of friends because you're a gregarious, outgoing guy, yeah. and you also don't like many of them. I no, remember I afterwards, we would, I would go to bars Ate with him. Alan, and he they would don't. be. A, people would flock to him. Yeah. He would entertain them for thirty minutes. They would walk away. And he's like, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I have a very core group of friends that I confide in, that I love, and that I text with on you a regular basis. You invite to IHOP. I invite to IHOP last night. So I group generous. texted you guys my Sorry. VIP group. You're listed in that it. way. Thank you. Again. As to go to IHOP love with it. Michael and I, like, yes, I. Have, that's a very specific. I'm dedicated and devoted to a very specific group of people, but I do also have acquaintances with a lot of people that yeah. either I keep up acquaintances. I think, in some capacity, in a professional manner, to keep that yeah. sort of yeah. rapport that's very friendly because that's our business. I think. Well, here's the way I'm thinking about it when I when Brent talks about this. It's often a picture mm-hmm. of a group of gay guys. They may look exactly the same. They may not. Yeah. But it's always a similar shot. Yeah. It's at brunch. It's on the beach. It's on the beach. It's in Palm Springs, Fire Island, or yeah. Mykonos. Yeah. Uh, maybe Miami or something. <laughs> and the picture to me, I don't. It's for me. It's on a level of distrust. I don't feel a distrust. I feel intimidated by it. Oh and wow. I, yeah. And wow. I and with you, Alan, I don't imagine you ever being in like a a group picture with. All these people, like, well, I just think, because to me, again, I just think of you as a more dynamic person where I wouldn't expect you to be in, like, a picture that feels kind of basic. That's exactly it, I think. The people who take pictures in groups, and this is something I've always felt, don't have a personality. <laughs> because, like, if you look at... And is at, that what Brent's talking about? I think so. Because I mean, I'm oh, just... Oh, wait, I'm Alan here. agrees? Maybe. No, oh I my think God. so. I agree with you all the time. What are you know. talking about? <laughs> uh, but uh, I do think that, like, you look at you know, my Instagram feed or how I interact with friends. And I am a person that has a lot of, you know, acquaintances and stuff. So I would fit into that category. But I don't think to ever take a picture, mm. even among you guys. I like know. when we go out, I don't ever think of taking Me a either. picture. I think of making fun of something, you know, and if there, yeah. if the picture's in that and you're in that capacity, that, sure. I, that you'll be yeah. in it. Yeah. But I don't ever think of being like, let's commemorate this moment with a group picture. With an awkward 
you know, yeah. heavily stilted picture just, where the, wherever we make somebody take it and then immediately look afterwards to make sure we look good. We I mean, and devil's good. advocate, some people could say that you're just documenting yeah, your life absolutely. with your friends and that's a lovely thing and fine. That's wonderful. I just see it as like you had nothing to talk about. And so in an awkward moment, you decided <laughs> you to you'd have a picture and post it and then spend the rest of the afternoon on your Instagram so feed. This is the I think the other thing I would equate it with is and I thought of this literally as we're talking about it. I I am always surprised whenever I come across adults who seem to pose and have the same level of vapidity as like <laughs> cool high school girls. Yeah. You know like oh, like when you go no. through when you flip through that your is old dead on. You, when you flip through your old yearbook and you see, you know, for whatever reason even though the nerds were the ones that made the yearbook, <laughs> they still filled it with cool cool kids. Those are all the pictures. All the pictures cuz yeah. they're I mean maybe they're better looking than me. But like you they were the people without personalities see, who took the picture. And you see four, five, six really pretty girls posing the same way. And I just feel like it's the same thing. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. When you when you go to certain hashtags or whatever, it's the same group of, dare I say, buffoons sometimes <laughs> at the beach or yeah. whatever. And they're all they all look even though they're all in their forties, they still have the same bodies and it's 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 just Again, if that's you, there's nothing wrong with no, any no. of this. And if just, anything, no, you're not I'm missing click. out on it. Yeah. But I just don't feel like I'm going to click with that. Uh, there, there. I saw um, this weekend, uh, I know somebody who turned, uh, I think, 40. But mm. the age number doesn't So a few really years see... younger than you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, the age, I don't think that number necessarily matters. Point being that yeah. he posted, s- oh. I mean, honestly, like, 20 different pictures mm. commemorating his birthday. Yeah. Which to me again it's like 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 you're saying it's like it feels to me strangely juvenile. Yeah. But also the pictures were so um <clears throat> god they were so deeply vain and so Yeah. Posed and beach shots and all and all gay guys. No, mm-hmm. I mean, literally, no women, no no gay guys of color, yeah. or you know. But you can tell it's, it's all gay. You can just you can tell all white gay guys. Yeah, all white gay guys. And I yeah. I don't want to I don't want to project onto it, but something about it I don't necessarily. It's distrust, so easy to. But it's so easy to. It's and also I, let me also say this for a second. We're all pretty specific about the people we spend time with. What are the odds? That you manage to find a group of eight gay friends that you enjoy the company of whom all happen to have the exact same body. Same body, yeah. body same face. Type, same face. <laughs> they yeah. all Almost kind of blend haircut. into each other, the and same haircut. And I think that goes to my point as well, which is I would argue that they're not discerning, that they that the odds of that while certainly possible are lower so it's it it becomes more about just how this person looks yeah. this is my friend because he just fits how i expect him to look or how i want my friends to look fair enough too but that goes to show that i wouldn't like this person yeah. because yeah. they sound like a, I, a dunce the same weekend that that our oh, mutual yeah. friend who did posted all those pictures um i i another friend of mine had a birthday party downtown and um DTLA. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't want to buy him a present. So I decided to like surprise him, right? And he was really interested and in, he loves like anything I do in drag or anything. And so he wanted like drag Sadie Pines to come. <laughs> mm-hmm. And but I didn't tell him. He wanted to meet Sadie. And so I did dressed up in the whole get up and did it mm-hmm. and you know we go downtown and I'm like fully padded and everything is take done. Take the train? You take and the train? No, no. Took a <laughs> took an Uber. All right. In drag you only take Ubers. <laughs> yeah. You don't there's no public transit there. Um, anyway, and 
when I was there, he was, of course, surprised, and it was great, and it was a group, big group of friends, and it was lovely. But at the end, we, someone suggested we should take a picture, and all of us were just like, oh, yeah, we guess we should. And we take this group picture of me and him and another friend, and I look at it afterwards, and what I loved about it so much is that it capsulates, capsulates, thank you, um, so much the diversity of who we are, but also the silliness of the moment. And yeah. He wanted this drag persona of me to uh, be there, and I'm this massive figure in pads <laughs> and everything. He's a tiny little person. We have another friend who's like not totally like us, a little you bit different. Real. We look real. Ironically, it looked, yeah, it looked real, drag. but ironically, I'm in complete drag, right. so I'm like the least real. Correct. But it felt very organic, and that to me, but I don't even want to post that picture because exactly. that- It feels special to it's, you. It's just for us. It doesn't yeah. like, feel like a, I think what you're saying, Brennan, and this is where I totally agree with it, it feels like a presentation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's not necessarily a presentation of- um, It's not for them, it's, it's for the everybody. Exactly. For the world, It's not necessarily right, or it's not, sorry, it's not necessarily- real or fake but it's a presentation so it's for everybody mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. and that might be the thing that elicits that dis- distrust in you yeah. where you're just you just can't stomach something a group of people acting so performative sure mm-hmm. I, I, performative yeah. is even a, a generous word for it but i get the same sense where i don't want to distrust it but i see it and it just reeks of um i don't know yeah uh, of just a uh, 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 a sense of blandness yeah. that freaks mm-hmm. me out. It does, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, I just it screams you don't have a personality to me, which is my it's, which isn't to say the biggest anyone, turnoff for me. Anyone right. in a group saying, picture is as no, of course, not. void of right. personality by any means, right? Uh, and I'm sure there's tons of people who fit what we're describing, and they're nice, and genuine they're great, people, yeah, very smart, great people, but. I just, I just know, you know, because we're all when you're on Tinder in a big city, you got to play a numbers game. Yes, yeah. And I just know, I just know that the odds of me getting along with, you know, some dude who goes to the beach more than once every 19 months, as <laughs> <Yeah>. I do, <laughs> uh, and I always show up with my sweater on, of course, regardless of the temperature. Then I, just don't, the I don't think we're gonna be best friends. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, it is a, it's a, it's an interesting point to make because it's especially now more than ever it is it is so pervasive that it does like alan like you were saying like it feels like it's um dependent upon us in groups or in any social situation to take a picture to commemorate it but it's also a matter of like commemorating it for who me or Or my followers yeah and it's a real it's It's, really annoying it's even worse than that it's like you want I mean, I and I'm guilty of this as much as anyone else. You want to commemorate the important moments in your life so that you look cooler. Correct. Yeah. So that you, so people don't see the six days a week that you're like <laughs> asleep, asleep, or having like awful orgasms or something, or, or depressed, right. or, <laughs> depressed, or there was that girl. I don't think we've talked about this in the podcast. There was struggling this, with diarrhea. There was a young woman He's pointing to me <laughs> in Sweden or something who did this like social media experiment where she told her family and friends that she was going on this great lavish vacation and she posted all these pictures from this like vacation and it was a college study study thing that she was doing um to to prove how false we narrate our lives online she was at home the whole time oh wow she was at home alone the whole time that's incredible she faked everything mm. and it was to point that like the stories that we read on people's social media platforms do not indicate the person that that 
that social profile so is true. based on. And people don't talk about that. And people don't talk yeah. about it because everything you see online is happy and nice. Well, it's you still don't too see... new a phenomenon, I yeah, think, to exactly. be like, this is fake, this is but fake. But do we want to get to a point where you're sharing everything of yourself online God, from the point not. of not just the happiness, not just posting the happy pictures, but also posting the sad pictures? It's a great, I, I don't know. I thought I don't, about that I don't too. know if I want to get to that point. There is a way to attack it now where it's like, I am... I am depressed or whatever. And it's yeah. like doing it kind of jokingly. But I guess if at the same time, even if it's through a joke, it's like, I am depressed. Yeah. So maybe, well, how about this? Elliot, next time you're having diarrhea, uh-huh. post a picture on Instagram. Yeah. Of, show my, ever, of me or yeah. my diarrhea yeah. or what? Well, show you, the blast of the toilet. The, Great. I love that toilet. you're painting this visual for yeah. all of our listeners. I'm, yeah. That's, that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? What's Elliot's Instagram? I want to see that diarrhea pic. (laughs) My Aunt Joanne would definitely say, um, you know, nothing is wrong with the Lockhorns. They're very funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alan, what about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, I'll I'll, I'll buy Mo's book, How to Die Alone, but I'll tell you, I want to die at the Old Country Buffet <laughs> with a plate of ham. Ham and mashed potatoes. That's great. You just get better every time. Yeah. Thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan. I'm H. Allen Scott. A podcast network. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.